you know this was an absolutely crazy round when you should have played Staines, Saab and Simonson. Hey everyone, welcome back to another video from a Man Talks NRL Supercoach. In today's video, we're going through the roundup number nine, or the center wing lottery, or whatever you want to call it. Another crazy round with a lot of stuff that we need to get through. But before we do that, would really appreciate if you guys would put a thumbs up on the video if you do like it, and would really appreciate to subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Still trying to hit my goal of 1,000 by the end of the season, so you guys are really appreciate all the support up until this point. But if we can get there, that'd be really great. In terms of how my team's going, it wasn't a great week for me. I was able, I scored 1,153. Um, notably, did not have Tom Trevojevic in my side, and so I couldn't even captain him. Uh, and so that was really the downfall, I think, of my week. I was able to pull together some other decent scores from other players, but just not being able to nail that captaincy pick, I think, has really hold, held me back this week. It's kind of frustrating knowing that I've not been able to really string two good weeks together. So I am expecting a red arrow, and that's 1-1-5-3 before final updates. So we'll have to see what happens come lockout. But enough of that, let's get into the video. So the first game of the round on Thursday night was the Rabbitohs taking on the Storm. And anyone who hasn't seen the highlights of this already, there's quite a bit to get through as the Storm absolutely pumped the Rabbitohs 50 points to zip. Um, and the star of the, uh, star of the night was Josh Adokar nabbing six tries. Actually surprising, that just shows how much little base he's got. Six tries and he still didn't even score over 200. But if anyone had him, I think 0.1% of the game captained him. Whoever did that, you know, is a lunatic, but you know, the decision paid off for them. So he really was just running over for tries um, all night. Um, Cameron Munster had a really big game as well, scoring 100, um, his first ton of the season. Uh, and he had a really good game. And again, it's another example, I think, of in these kind of big matchups um, against another top quality team. He always seems to be putting in his best performances. Um, obviously, the Rabbitohs did come into this game with a lot of injuries um, and a bit of a reshuffled lineup. So that probably did help um, the Storm in their favor. But still, really good game from Cam Munster. And also from Jerome Hughes, who scored 103. So that's really another quite a big game from him. He really has shown that ability to find the try line. Uh, and I think he really is potentially a consideration uh, in the round 13 bye week. I mean, I imagine most people would be running with Nathan Cleary and Sam Walker. Cleary, I don't think really is a trade out given he, how much better he is than every other halfback. But, you know, you can make an argument at round 13 to go from a Sam Walker to Jerome Hughes, depending on how much money Sam Walker's made. If you really are looking to nail the numbers um, for that round 13 uh, bye week, Jerome Hughes could be a consideration, but probably won't be doing um, for me. Nico Hines, again, uh, filling in at fullback, has had another great game uh, without Pappenhausen in the side, scoring a 96, really showing, I think, that he's a great option. I think whenever Pappenhausen you know, is not in the team, so say if he's away with state of origin duty, Nico Hines is great for that points play, um, and I think really that's probably what you were looking for when you first got him in, so he's really done his job. Other good uh, performances here from like Justin Ollum, who got a 68, probably just setting up a few of um, Adokar's tries. Harry Grant with a 59, he just looked electric. He did actually come off the bench in this game um, in the last minute updates. Uh, for any of you who do follow me on Twitter, I was actually looking to do Connor Watson to Harry Grant this week. I did mention it in my trade thoughts video as well. Um, but seeing that he was named on the bench didn't make me want to go for him, so I just kind of left it. But it was really a tough watch seeing him run on there. And he just got so much attacking threat. Um, and I really think that I'm going to kind of start ignoring that origin period to an extent when it comes to these absolute gun guys. You know, when Harry Grant, you know, he's looking that good playing in the best, one of the best teams in the competition. I think the points that he's going to score is going to make up for that lack of coverage in those kind of bye weeks. So I'm thinking, Harry Grant, I'm just going to be looking to get him in sometime soon in the next three weeks because the draw for the Storm is looking really good. Anyone who's held on to Pappenhausen as well, he should really benefit from that. Uh, the only 
player I actually had in this game was Christian Welch, who kind of chugged along with the 56. But uh, frustratingly for me, he had a couple of like penalties and errors, which I was really yelling at the TV saying, Christian, what are you doing? Um, on, on the Rabbitoh side, you know, scoring zero points, really, there was no real super coach points on offer for anyone. Uh, the highest point score here was Arjunta Totola, who scored a 45, and that was it. You know, Damian Cook got a 40, so again, showing his case that he's not really doing the business, I think, in terms of super coach, although you can give some bit of a, you know, bit of an asterisk potentially in this game, given just how poor they were and how much better the Melbourne Storm were. And I guess the big talking point here is also Cody Walker, only scoring the 16. I did see a few people actually bench him, um, given that there was a tough matchup. Um, I didn't really think a benching was um, probably, I mean, that's a pretty bold call, you know, to bench your gun 5-8, but, you know, only the 16 points really showed how dominant the Storm were in this game. Uh, another game of dominance was the Panthers taking on the Sharks, with the Panthers going close to matching the Storm, 48 points to zero for them. Uh, and the story, I guess, of the night here was Charlie Staines, you know, nabbing his hat-trick. Um, I don't think many people would have played him unless, you know, Staines is making up your 17. I certainly don't. And you, it was really hard to see 115 points on my uh, on my non-playing uh, reserves there. So whatever, you know, at least with this score now, he got up a bit in value so I can take some solace in that. Uh, but Stephen Crichton also had a very big game, scoring 123. Um, bit of a controversy, I guess, over some of the uh, scoring in this game, whether Crichton or Cleary should get some of these tries. It's always been a bit of a case that it's very inconsistent with this. So kind of just have to roll with it but I wish there was a bit better consistency I think a lot of people were expecting Cleary to get a couple of those uh, try assists but he only <laughs> only ended up on 107 very very consistent uh, Nathan Cleary is and 107 here you know just getting his points in a variety of ways with try assists goal kicking he's pretty solid in terms of defense we actually makes quite a few tackles so again if you captain him obviously you'd be pretty happy with that 100 plus score but we'll move on to some other captaincy options a little bit later in the video who you probably would have been preferring to have um, other guys from the Panthers all kind of chipped in. You know, Fisher Harrison got over for a try to get an 84, so a really big game from him. Uh, Jerome Luai had a hand in a try or two, so he was able to get his way to an 81. And other good performances here from Liam Martin, 72, Brian Toto, 71. Kurt Capel, actually quite an interesting talking point uh, coming into this game. You know, he, was, he had that rib complaint. Still ended up scoring a 60, uh, which is a very, very good output from him. Uh, and I think I was leaning towards maybe just holding him you know, the only concern I had really was his minutes being managed in this game. But, you know, coming over the 60, um, I'll, I'm pretty happy with that in my center wing. In terms of the Sharks, I really don't think there's many talking points out of them. Uh, Jesse Ramian, I think, was probably the main one. But I think he actually came off this game with an injury. And he only scored the 17 points. So really, really not a good game from him. Will Kennedy with the four points. Yuck. Just no one from the Sharks did anything, really. So the next game of the round was the uh, Parramatta Eels taking on the Roosters and what was another decent uh, decent quality game. Eels taking this one out though, 31 points to 18. I guess the big story of the on the Roosters side of things was that another two injuries for them, you know, Victor Radley and Drew Hutchinson both being added to the injury list and Radley went off very early in that game too. So the injury toll for the Roosters is just absolutely mounting. But one shining light for them in this game was Matt Cavallo, who scored a hat-trick of his own, scoring 111 points. Um, to be honest, I didn't actually really consider him. Um, you know, last week I was talking a lot about, like, Daniel Tupo. But really, you know, I think I should have given probably more consideration to Ikevalu. You know, he'll be playing on Brett Morris's wing, you'd think, for the rest of the season. Um, and, you know, he's really, he's shown even last uh, last season. You know, I think it was his first game, he scored five tries or something crazy like that. So he's really shown an ability to find the try line. And on the end of still a very, very good Roosters attack, he should be able to nab quite a few tries uh, throughout the rest of the season. Uh, and he won't play in Origin, so that's less of a concern as, say, when you're picking someone like Daniel Tupo, who might play in Origin. So Ikevalo, I think, is still decent consideration to have in your center wing. 
James Tedesco only came away with a 54 in this game, um, you know, and Takiyaho with a 51. Just wasn't really the game, I think, for the Roosters. Um, you know, the, they were coming up against a, you know, really solid team in the Parramatta Eels, um, and obviously the attacking opportunities just weren't there as much, but he still looked pretty involved, and I saw less of those cutout balls and more of the kind of sweeping plays that we normally see from the Roosters, so that was like at least encouraging. And the Roosters have got a couple of nice games coming up against the Cowboys and the Broncos. So, you know, Teddy, you know, 54 points is not what we want to see. And he's going to lose a lot in value. But I'm hoping that in these next two easier games, he can bounce back. Sam Walker, just uh, speaking on him, only with a 34. He did get one try assist. But again, he did actually have a bit of an um, injury concern, I think, with his ankle. So that's definitely something to be keeping an eye on um, in the rest of the week. Angus Crichton, only with a 39. I was uh, tossing up getting him in. But... I think, yeah, it's not really performing as you would have hoped since we, you know, from the start of the season. But I think if you own, I'd probably still hold given that, you know, he's probably going to go down quite a bit in value and you're going to be losing a lot of money there. And I've got faith in the Roosters and that they might, you know, they'll look to look to him to get some attacking threat as well. So in these easier games, he might be able to nab some uh, attacking stats. Uh, on the eel side again, you know, the notorious Isaiah uh, Papali, he keeps getting it done. A 97-point effort here. It's just unbelievable. I can't, I can't deal with this anymore, guys. It's kind of like Fafita a few weeks back where he just kept scoring these massive scores, saying, oh, he can't keep this up, he can't keep this up, but they just keep doing it. So I think Papali is a great trade-in. Just get him in if you can afford it. I think his break-even was 67, so he's going to go even more up to more in value, close to the 800k mark. I think for me now, that's just way too far out of reach. So I'm really going to have to hope that he goes back down in price. What I will probably do instead of maybe going with Papali'i is going with his more affordable teammates in uh, Ryan Madison, who scored an 85, which did include a try assist in this game. But again, he looks ripe for the picking, given that he's still going to go down in value. I think his break even was quite high, and I don't think he met it this week. So definitely Madison looks like a prime trade-in target um, for the next week moving forward, given that he won't play in Origin, and they do play in Round 13. Uh, and the Cardiff party continues to roll on with Bryce Cartwright nabbing a double in this game, scoring an 87. Junior Paulo had a great game uh, coming back from a, a series of really poor games from him uh, in terms of super coach performances. You know, he was assigned to offload a lot more. I think he got like five offloads in this game. And that's what you want to see when you own Junior Paulo. Um, so he got his way to a 77. Dylan Brown had his first game where he scored a try, scoring a 71. But he looks like he's going to be out for a few weeks um, up with that knees and kind of tackle on Drew Hutchinson, which unfortunately sent him to hospital. So anyone who's still owning Dylan Brown, Obviously, you'll take the 71, but I think he's definitely a trade-out target now at this point. Mitch Moses has been ticking along pretty nicely in these games too, uh, scoring a 70. So he definitely potentially, you know, if you're looking at him at round 13, uh, you know, he could be a good, you know, number to put in that, um, you know, for that round specifically. But I don't think I'm going to be going there myself. I owned him for periods of time last year, and he was just a little bit too inconsistent for my liking. Clint Gutherson only with a 47. I guess it was a tough game and there wasn't really any kind of attacking you know, threats for him. It's one of these games where I think yeah, I had to come in knowing that my fullbacks probably weren't going to have really big scores given that they're both versing very tough opposition. So the first game on the uh, Saturday was the Raiders taking on the Knights with the Knights taking this one out 24 points to 16 in what was a great second half comeback from them and yet another second half, you know, letting back in teams from the Raiders. That's now their fifth straight loss. Um, an interesting stat. In those five games, they've conceded 93 points in the second half and only scored eight. Really showing that in these second halves, they're really losing the games essentially, um, allowing teams to come back in. Uh, Bailey Simpson finally did something in his Supercoach career, scoring an 86. Again, another one of the center wings I kept on the bench, but realistically, I was never going to play him, so I can't be too mad saying, like, oh, I was tossing up and I should have played him, but, you know, I'll take the 86 knowing that he hopefully should start going up in value. 
uh, before I flick him because I probably don't think I'm going to be playing him in my 17 anytime soon. Josh Papali'i coming with a 71. Um, he had a line break in that game, so that definitely did boost his score up. George Williams and uh, John Rapana, pretty handy with a 69 and a 60. Uh, Rapana's actually been doing very well um, to begin this season so far. I did give my thoughts on him last week. I still don't think I still think there are better trading targets than him, mainly because I don't think you know the Raiders aren't really showing too many signs of life, at least in the second half of games, uh, and they don't play in the round 13 bye week, so it doesn't really work for us in terms of super coach. Um, another guess, the main talking point was probably um, Corey Hauiura Naira. CHN, sorry. I'll just call him CHN after butchering his name last week. So he did play 80 minutes, which I guess is an encouraging sign for owners, but he wasn't able to do too much in this game, only scoring the 34. But I think you'd be pretty happy to see that he played 80 minutes, given how much of a lottery it is with the other Raiders forwards. So you know that potentially long-term, he can be a decent kind of mid-range cash gal who can deliver some good points moving forward. On the Knights side of things, really impressive with, uh, with their second half comeback. Um, Kalen Ponga was in the thick of it, leading the way, um, scoring a try, setting up a try of his own as well, on his way to an 89, which is really, really encouraging. Scoring 89 against a relatively tough team, I guess, in the Raiders, and the draw for the Knights now does open up. I think they've got the uh, West Tigers and the Cowboys, I think, in the next two games, um, and they've got a pretty decent run into round 13. Obviously, Ponga won't play in round 13 because of origin, but anyone who's um, stuck with him or you know bought him a couple of weeks ago I think this is now the time that you want to see you know that's when you want to be owning Ponga now and he's come away with some relatively okay scores obviously last week against the Roosters wasn't great but this week in 89 is very very good uh, and you'll be happy to be owning him and he's he's a serious uh, point of difference in the fullback uh, department um, compared to your other more commonly owned players. Tyson Brazil obviously did very well scoring a try in this game with a 79, as did Jan Braley, who on, went on his way to a 72. So he's kind of continuing to cement his position as a good kind of second hooker um, behind maybe like a Harry Grant and a Reed Marnie. Decent games from Dave, uh, David Clemmer with a 55, but probably not what you'd want out of your front row forward. Uh, I guess the other big talking points out of the nice would be Connor Watson and Mitch Barnett. So Lachlan Fitzgibbon was actually named to start in this game um, in the final uh, team sheet. Uh, so that definitely impacted um, Watson's and Barnett's minutes. So I think Fitzgibbon played 65 minutes. Barnett um, was shifted to lock in that final team sheet, and he only played 44 minutes with Connor Watson playing 40 off the bench. So it really was kind of discouraging, I guess, as an owner. You want to see Barnett obviously playing more minutes. And I think I don't think he's an immediate uh, trade-out just because of this one poor game, but definitely is something to monitor moving forward, uh, you know, what his minutes are going to be looking like. Because if he looks like he's playing around 45 to 50 minutes, I don't think that's worth holding him at that point in time. I think we really want him to be playing up, you know, 70 plus minutes. Uh, I guess the only, you know, caveat is that, you know, come round 13 when you pop, you know, which, which is the main reason you might be maybe holding some of these guys. He's probably going to goal kick in that night side. But that's one small thing I think to be holding, holding hope for. Um, but I don't think he's an immediate trader. I think I'd definitely be monitoring. Uh, Connor Watson, I think I feel very kind of similar to. Um, obviously, I think Connor Watson is different if you own him at 5'8 or hooker. If you own him at hooker like I do, um, and you can you know make your way from Connor Watson to Harry Grant, I think that's a good move. Um, coming off the bench, yes, he is capable of these high, um, you know, he's got that high ceiling and he can produce those big scores, but he's more likely to do what he did in this game against the Raiders coming off the bench. You know, 40 minutes, decent base, was able to lay on a try, but that was about it. 45 points, you know, we're just we're not seeing him have enough time on the field to warrant those big, big scores. Um, and Bradman Best, only with a 31, very disappointing. I think a lot of people might have jumped on him, and I was a very big uh, very big fan of his coming into this game as well. Um, so that's a bit disappointing if you're an owner. 
hopefully for that uh, for us not owners his price can continue to decrease and we can pick him up a little bit later on the cheap but not a great performance from him super coach wise so the second game on the Saturday was the West Tigers taking on the Titans, with the Titans taking this one out 36 points to the Tigers 28. So it really was a high-scoring game, as were a lot of other games this round. Um, on the Tigers side of things, Adam Dewey has shown himself to be an amazing pod um, at the 5'8 position, an absolute gun, actually. You know, I mentioned a few weeks ago that he had a good three-game stretch where he was going around 90-85, and I kind of threw it out there if whether he'd be a good kind of 5'8 pod or not. Um, didn't have the balls to go there myself, but he's. I think a few people I know on the Twitter sphere uh, did go for him this week. Given that they play round thirteen, um, and the Titans, uh, sorry, the Tigers draw coming up is really good, and he repaid owners very, very handsomely here with one hundred and thirty-two. You know, he really looks like the main ta- um, attacking spark um, out of the Tigers. Able to score a, a try of his own at the end. He goal kicks. You know, is able to set up a few tries. So I think he's a really great five-eight option. Definitely am looking at him more seriously now. Obviously, a big 132 puts himself on the map, definitely. So maybe like a Josh Schuster to Adam Dewey to make up more of the numbers in round 13 uh, might be a decent trade uh, option. Dave Nofaluma as well. Um, I didn't actually watch the full game of this. I was just kind of looking at the scores uh, throughout um, you know, throughout the match. And I saw Nofaluma was on like 19 or some, something at halftime. And I was like, oh God, here we go. Another 39-point game from him. But really happy to see that he scored that double, you know, did, did that quick tap um, and was able to score another try. Um, so 106, very, very happy with that from Nofaluma. A bit of a point of difference, I think, um, and definitely helped my week, you know, given that I didn't captain uh, Tommy Turbo. So 106, very, very happy to get that from Nofaluma. Jake Simpkin with a 56 that did include a try playing about 50 minutes with Jacob Little playing I think 25 to 30 minutes Um, so you can see that reflected in their scores with Simpkin a 56 and Little a 25 I think that's probably what we're going to see moving forward so I think Simpkin's been like a decent cash cow obviously 56 is not a bad score Um, but I think I'm okay to not earn him I think uh, you know I'm not going to see too many big scores from him if he's only playing maybe say the 50 minutes Dane Laurie was a quiet game for him for sure only the 23 points but I still think you know It'd be short-sighted to say, oh, he's a trade-out now. He only just got like 120 last week. So I think he's still an okay hold in your center wing. And he's proven to be some of the more consistent options. Um, but this is just not uh, a good score for him. Uh, and Zach Sini, you know, only the eight points. It wasn't just his, it just wasn't his day. He obviously had a fantastic debut last week, but he had a lot of handling errors here. So definitely we'll have to see if he still survives until next week in terms of the teams. So that'll be a very important thing to be looking out for on Teamless Tuesday. Because if he is named, he's definitely going to be a good kind of cheapy center trading target. But if he's not, then obviously there's no point. In terms of the Titan side of things, so Fafida is the person who I did captain and he scored at 81. It was really crushing to see that kind of, you know, very late in the game Sinbin, uh, you know, that docked a lot of points off his score. And, you know, for me, I needed all the points this week. But in 81 where, you know, he, he obviously had a line break, but he just gets offloads and tackle breaks for fun. Um, and so it seemed like a bit of a quiet game. And 81, um, I'll take that. You know, it's not the worst captaincy score. But unfortunately, because of that hit um, at the end of the game, he looks like he might be out for one to two weeks th- uh, with suspension. I think I believe it's if he takes the early guilty plea, he'll be one week. If he tries to fight it and lose, he'll probably miss two weeks. So I imagine he'll just take the early guilty plea and will miss the one week, which is a bit of a blow to our super, uh, to our super coach teams. But fortunately for me, I've got probably enough coverage in uh, second row forward. That's definitely something, you know, that's going to hit a lot of teams next week for sure. Other good performances from the Titans were Jamal Fogarty with a 92, Brimson with a 77, uh, Brian Kelly with a 69 definitely has repaid owners after a few poor scores, you know, scoring a try of his own and getting a try assist. 
you know, entire Pichu with a 55. That did include a try and a try assist as well. And I think he only played like 43 minutes at lock um, with the return of Tino. But a 55 in your center wing, you probably take that from uh, Pichu, but probably not so good is maybe the minute situation. Speaking of Tino, he only scored a 45, so not a great return uh, from his suspension. So I think Tino's just kind of, I, I don't think he's looking like a season-long keeper until we see more consistent scores in like the 60s and 70s, but we're just not seeing it at that point. It seems like he's kind of more of that 45 to 55 kind of player. So the final game on the Saturday was the Cowboys taking on the Broncos, uh, another great Queensland thriller with the Cowboys taking this game 19-18. to So the big news here for the Cowboys was Jason Tamalolo. Is he back? You know, 71 minutes he played, which is not what we were expecting um, given the comments from Todd Payton and what we'd seen to start the season. Um, and he got a try as well, so a massive 101 points from him. I think I wouldn't just jump on him straight away. Uh, you know, I'd have to be, I'd have to see probably another game where his minutes are probably this, uh, around the same. Uh, that we saw too many times. He was playing like 50, 55 minutes, and that just wasn't enough for Tamalolo to get those big, big scores. But this is definitely a good sign, and hopefully, you know, we saw that with him playing big minutes, the Cowboys look like a much better team. So hopefully, he just stays um, in that role, and we can jump back on our old, reliable super coach gun in Tamalolo. Um, he was probably the main talking point out of the uh, Cowboys. Um, Val Holmes with the 44, not a great score given that I think a lot of people would have looked to have brought, brought him in this week purely because of this Broncos matchup. Only a 44, you know, it's not a great um, not a great score. Um, and Ben Condon as well was actually named, I think, on the bench um, in the final team sheet. So he only scored a 14 points. So I'm very happy that I did sell him. And I was concerned that he had a break even, I think, around 50, and he definitely was getting boosted by tries. And we saw last week his base is not very high. And we saw that again, you know, especially playing off the bench, just not able to get the points um, to justify, um, you know, being in our teams um, for any longer. So for me, if you didn't sell him this week already, definitely looking at sell candidate next week, given that he's probably signed to leak cash. On the Broncos side, a few notable pl uh, players here is uh, Payne Haas with a 77. The guy's an absolute tank, you know, he just churns through work and I think he played 62 minutes which is kind of you know a decent sign 77 points I think he's still looking like one of the best options at front row forward I would say maybe in your end end goals um end game 17 you're probably looking at like an Isaiah Popoli'i and a Payne Haas maybe a uh, Tavita Panga Jr. as your kind of reserve front row forward I think that's probably the three that I'll be looking to bring into my team um at the end of the season I've got TPJ I just need Haas and Popoli'i now <laughs> Uh, speaking of Pangai Jr., he only scored a 50, which is not a you know not a great game. I think he only had like like four or ten. Sorry, I think he had like ten points from runs, which is not really enough that we'd want to see out of him. Uh, but still, a 50 points where you know it looked like a relatively quiet game from him. Uh, you know, I'll take that, but it's not ideal. And I still think he's a decent trade in target. I'm hoping that this was just one down game, and we can go back to those 70 plus score games from him. I guess the final guy, uh, the final guy I did want to touch on was Tyson Gamble. You know, his second straight game, and he's now scored a 48 after scoring 60 last week. He is halfback and 5'8 dual listed, so that is very, very handy. Um, and I guess the question is, is he a downgrade option? You know, if you've got like a uh, Sam Walker or Josh Schuster, who I think would be a lot of people's reserve halfback or 5'8, you know, you could make a lot of money by doing a Josh Schuster down to a Tyson Gamble. Maybe the points might not be so similar, but Tyson Gamble plays in round 13. The way that he's been playing, I don't think his position is under any threat. You guess, I guess the only concern is, you know, a couple of bad weeks and from the Broncos and he easily could get the chop. Uh, and, you know, someone like Brody Croft and Anthony Milford might be in the halves again. So, you know, there is a bit of a job security risk. But I think the way that he's going, I feel like he probably is going to be the guy who's going to stay in that team long term. And so he could be a decent downgrade target, you know, if you haven't got any other ways in your team to make money. Uh, and, you know, you're looking really, really hard at getting like your Papali'i in. 
I think a Josh Schuster down to a Tyson Gamble um, is a decent uh, trade. You make a lot, a lot of money out of that. You know, you can use that to upgrade some of your, you know, cheapy centers or your cheapy second rows like a Ben Condon up to a gun second row forward like an Isaiah Popoliti. So I think that's that trade is okay if that's probably your only way to make money. So the first game on the Sunday was the Manly Sea Eagles taking on the New Zealand Warriors with the Sea Eagles taking this one out. 38 points to 32. As a non-Tom Trevojevic owner, this was a hard, hard watch for sure. As you can see, a massive 193 points. Um, and I really rate, like it's weird to say I rate this 193 more than say Pappenhausen's 197. With Pappenhausen, he was a 10-minute spurt where he scored four tries and just looked electric. This game, there was just an 80-minute masterclass from Turbo. You know, I, just, I, put a, I don't normally put all the stats up here, but I just feel like I had to do it for him. He scored two tries, four try assists, 11 tackle breaks, uh, five line breaks, three line break assists. It's just freaky, you know, and that's super coach gold, you know. So, yeah, it, it was a hard watch. Um, every time he touched the ball, it just seemed like he was going to create something. He was on the end of all those try assists and all those sweet plays. Um, and I think Tommy Turbo, as I said in my um, preview video um, on Wednesday, uh, if I owned Tom Trevojevic, I would have captained him. So I can't, at least I can, I'll take solace in that I at least gave the good advice to captain him because if you did, obviously you're looking at a massive 380 points just from him. And I think the way that this round was looking, a lot of people on kind of relatively low scores, like I know I was sitting on like a thousand uh, with two players to go. So I was hoping for maybe like an 1100 at best, to be honest. Um, but then, and I think a lot of people were in the same position, but then having captain Tommy Turbo, they would shot up to like a 1200 1300 so I definitely feel like my score of 1153 is going to put me off the pace a little bit this week and whether I get in turbo or not it's I don't know it's a big big question to ask because the thing is because I think the Sea Eagles next week have the Broncos and that's a fantastic matchup and he could easily score 180 again the way that he's playing he's looking like the best player in the game at the moment and yeah just a magnificent performance from him can't believe I'm going to be saying this, but I wish I hadn't sold Jason Zub. <laughs> um, you know, I sold him like after his poor start to the season. Looking back on it now, I probably should have. I mean, it's easy to say in hindsight, but just not like he was so cheap. I probably should have just left him in my team. Um, and with Tom Dvorovich returning, he's really sparked Saab and, and the whole Manly side into another level. Saab's got a hat trick, scoring 88 points. So I don't know if you would have played him or not, but you know have that guy sitting on your bench you know making the money with that 88 points is probably what you want and that's probably the second best outcome to playing him so he's put in actually some decent games uh and that's all on the back of tom Tavorovic and he the, he just makes such a big improvement to this manly team it's it's scary the one guy i did have in the manly team was josh schuster who i did play over josh Curran. those are the two that was my final reserve option for this week and I went with Schuster just potentially for that higher upside. Obviously, Karen's got solid base. Little did I know that Karen would himself score the try and not Schuster, but Schuster had a pretty quiet game. He had a couple of errors, um, as he kind of does, I think, every game. He's a young guy, and I think he really is one of those more kind of exciting, expansive kind of players. Uh, players sorry. So a 43 uh, with a few errors, but he did get, I think, a late line break, which did help his score a little bit. So 43 is versus 57. It's okay. It's only 10 to 14 points. I can't be too upset about that. But yeah, overall, this this talking point out of the Sea Eagles was Tom Dvorovic and that massive 193. This score is also pre-updates. I've got a feeling that he's going to break the record. He only needs 10 points. And I think it was like, he was on 193 with 15 minutes to go in this game. Um, and at that point in time, it was when the Warriors started to get a little bit more of the ball. And he wasn't able to do much more. But I think, I'm sure they'll be able to find some points um, from him in those final 15 minutes. I'd be very, I think he is... Uh, He's, he's potentially on his way to breaking the Supercoach record. So for all you guys who captained me out there, I think it was 12% of you, congratulations.
onto the Warriors side of things, at least something that did pay off me was I went Ben Condon to Toby Harris, and he had a stellar game. You know, he had all his usual work rate, but he scored a try and he set up another try. Of his, um, so he set up another try for Reese Walsh. So he's got a massive 105. So I'm very, very happy with Toby Harris and that I brought him in. Um, and I'm glad that I kind of went in the direction of going against kind of this round this round 13. Um, you know, I was thinking, oh, I could go for like, well, actually, Papali would have been a good trade and he scored 97. Um, but I was thinking maybe, oh, I could go like a Luciano Le Lua who does play round 13. Um, I could have gone to some of these other guys, but I just thought, just just go for the guy who's just go for the best guy um and i was like well it's going to be toe harris i just want 75 to 80 points um and he definitely delivered for me this week so i think that that kind that kind of thinking i think is a good thing to have i think we can get a little bit well at least i know i can get a little bit sidetracked by just focusing on this you know round one round 13 week but i think we still have to consider that there's going to be four weeks for now like four weeks now um, of points to gain in between that period of time you could pick a guy who's an absolute gun who scores 50 points um, more in that span of time than someone who will play in round 13 and in the end of the day that you're probably going to go with that guy who's probably going to be more of a long-term hold anyway so I think at this point I'm just looking to get in the best guys that I can and pay a little bit less attention to round 13. Josh Curran had a pretty solid game um, he nabbing a try as I mentioned and scoring a 57 but he did have a few errors, but still a 57, very solid, similar to Jake Simkin, who's called 56. These are the kind of scores that you're okay with when from your cheapies, but I've got full confidence in Curran that, you know, without those kind of handling errors, he probably would have been in up into the 60s. So he's definitely putting scores together that are looking more and more like season-long keeper scores. A big game from Cody Nikarima, who, you know, was uh, involved in everything for the attack for the Warriors. And Harris Tavita, actually, he was named in the starting halves, putting Reese Walsh on the bench. He scored a try and got a 65, so maybe someone to keep on your radar post round 13. <laughs> Here I am talking about round 13 when I'm saying, oh, just forget about it. pick the best guy, but still I think we should consider it. Um, he could be a decent player in the round 17 by a week. Apart from that, wasn't really any standout players, I guess, from the Warriors, um, apart from, say, Toe Harris and Cody Nikarima, who had really big games, but... This game was all about Tom Trevojevic. So the final game of the round was the Dragons taking on the Bulldogs, with the Dragons taking this one out pretty comfortably, 32 points to 12. Um, the big scorers here for the Dragons were Paul Vaughan with a 94. Surprisingly, uh, Matt Fiergei, uh, Fiongai, sorry, I don't know if I'm pronouncing correctly, uh, he scored 97, I believe, from NRL Supercoach Live, but his scores were not showing up in the Supercoach game, which I'm not sure why, but... He scored a try, set up another try of his own, and got three line breaks, so he had a really, really solid game, scoring 97. Uh, not to be confused with Max Younger, who scored the 26. Uh, Max is the one who did play last week with a score of, I think, 51. So he was the one I think a lot more people would be looking at as a cheapy center wing cash cow uh, compared to Matt. Uh, so definitely, if you are looking to bring in one of the two, make sure you bring in the right one and differentiate between the two. I'm not sure why they didn't show up. Maybe my game was buggy, but let me know in the comments below, guys, if you had the similar issues. Matt Dufty scored a double, so he scored a 93, so very, very solid game from him. I did mention him as a bit of a pod fullback, but I think we've seen that with uh, Turbo and Ponga, you know, they're probably the two best going forward. Pappenhausen, oh, two best going forward in the sense of their draw. Pappenhausen is probably going to come back next week, so I think he's obviously going to be one of the top two fullbacks in my opinion. Gutherson's draw is okay. Teddy hasn't been firing, but he's got a nice couple of games coming ahead. So I don't really think you're going to be going for Matt Dufty unless you're going really, really super pod uh, and are banking on the Dragons' good games coming up. But next week is the Storm, so definitely don't think next week is a good time to be bringing, him, uh, bringing him in. Sorry, uh, It's just one of these times where you know they're versing one of the worst teams in the comp. So a 93 points, you're probably expecting something like that. 
Jackbird also delivers. I've had a few people message me saying, Jackbird, do I hold him? You know, he's had a part, he's had a poor couple of um, games uh, in the last two. But, uh, you know, I said, if he doesn't do anything against the Bulldogs, when is he going to do something? But he came out with a 90, which probably just makes owner's decisions a little bit harder. I think if you got him, he's an okay hold, given that, you know, Dragons play in round 13. Uh, you know, the draw after this Melbourne game isn't too bad. So I think he's probably got that potential to be averaging around the kind of 60 to 65 in the center wing, which I think is pretty solid. Um, and he's pretty decently priced as well. If you are looking for maybe a mid-range center wing uh, kind of option, if you can't quite stretch up to the gun uh, gun, uh, gun players in those kind of higher price categories. The final guy I wanted to touch on from the Dragons was Josh Maguire. Unbelievable, but he scored, you know, he scored 59 points and he plays round 13. He's been putting together some decent scores. You know, he doesn't really offer much in terms of attacking threat. It's purely just work rate. And he normally hovers around that kind of 50, sorry, he kind of hovers around that 60 to 65, you know, which could be handy in your second row forward or front row forward. I'd probably have him in your front row forward. But if you are looking for a round 13 playing option, you could go with Maguire, but I don't think I'd want to be, you know, going there myself because then I'd actually have to watch him play. I don't know if I want to be doing that myself, but, you know, if you're looking for that kind of 60 to 65 option, if that does play in the bye week, he could be the guy. He's very similar to Luke Thompson, who did well in this game. He scored 68, kind of hovers around that point um, in terms of the points. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, again, pretty solid game from Luke Thompson, but out of the Bulldogs, you know, it wasn't really much else. You know, Tony did score that try to get a 64. But no one else in the team got above 50, and I really don't think there's any, you know, time to consider them at this, you know, at this moment. Given that they don't play in round 13, and they're just not showing anything really in terms of attacking uh, threat, so I don't really think I'm going to be going for anyone at the Bulldogs at this stage. All right, guys, that is the roundup number nine. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Do please let me know in the comments below what you guys scored this week. Would be really keen to see it. If you guys did enjoy the video, would really appreciate a thumbs up. And if you haven't already, would really appreciate a thumbs up on the video. As I said, looking to get to a thousand subscribers as well by the end of the season. And I really, really appreciate all the support that everyone has shown so far. But until then, see you guys in the next video.